Welcome to Pocket Therapist. I'm Dr. Adam Moore, licensed marriage and family therapist, and this podcast is about how words and language can alter the course of your relationships. Have you ever had the experience of starting a conversation and just having it totally bomb? I'm going to help you rewind and use the power of language to get people to pay attention to you, to have real influence with others, to say things in a powerful but healthy way, and change the way people perceive you and what's important to you so you can have the relationships you want. Let's get going. All right, welcome to today's episode. Today I'm going to be answering a question that I get asked a lot as a therapist. And the question goes a little something like this. I just found out that my partner is lying to me about something. How do I confront them about it? This is really something that's common and really sad in relationships. You find out that your partner has been withholding information from you and suddenly it's like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. It feels really scary. People often have this sort of reality uh, crisis where it's like, who is this person that I've been with for sometimes, you know, all these years or however long it's been? How can I trust anything they've said if now I found out that something that I believed was not true or that they've been hiding some significant piece of information from me? So it's pretty scary and it can drive you absolutely crazy if you don't actually do something about it. And sometimes people will sort of say to themselves, I'm just going to leave this alone and then hope it goes away. My experience working with people is that it's not going to go away. It's going to drive you crazy unless you do something about it. So let's do something about it. Now, of course, how you confront it matters a lot. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Now, here's the deal. Lying is lying. Whether it's a quote unquote, a big lie or a little lie, it's still lying. It's still going to have that experience for you of feeling betrayed, taken advantage of, lost and confused, all of that. But we do need to ask ourselves an important question. Why do people lie? And it should be noted that by the age of about two or three, almost all kids, maybe all kids, start to lie. It's almost like it's buried somewhere deep in our DNA. And That's a big deal to note because this isn't about determining whether the person you're with is a a bad person or a sociopath or whatever it is. Most people, if you look at the research, aren't telling huge lies and covering up giant, you know, life-altering pieces of information. But, for example, answering the question, do I look fat in this with your partner, you know, people are often tempted to say, well, no, it looks fine, even if that's not their actual feeling or belief about it, because sometimes the lie is about trying to protect another person's feelings. Nevertheless, it's still a lie. There are really two reasons that people choose to lie in relationships. The first one is avoiding getting in trouble, avoiding having something bad happen to them. They lie just like little children lie when they say, no, I didn't do that when they absolutely did that. Uh, because they don't want to have the experience of having people upset at them or having consequences. The other reason that people lie is because they want to gain some type of advantage. So the perception is, if I tell the truth, then I'm not going to get this thing that I want, so I'm going to lie. 
And what the research says is that people generally perceive lying as the easiest, most efficient, effective path to getting something that they want um, compared to whatever other options they may have. So, for example, people lying to get a financial gain in some way perceive lying as a better methodology of getting the gain and uh, as opposed to hitting somebody over the head and stealing the money or robbing a bank. Again, lying is not a sign necessarily that you're in a relationship with a, a horrible human being, but we do need to try to root it out because obviously telling things that aren't true in a relationship is going to have consequences and it's going to cause some problems and it can even destroy the relationship. So, one thing I've noticed with people, um, when they come into my therapy practice, they'll say, hey, I've just discovered that my partner's lying. I have evidence, irrefutable evidence that I'm being told something that isn't true. I'm going to confront my partner with it, and I just want to let you know. And then they, they will confront the, the person with the evidence. And what's really interesting to me is that even in the face of what I would call irrefutable evidence, people will still often continue to lie about it. I have spoken with people over the years who have said to me, yeah, I, I knew I was lying. I was lying on purpose. I knew the evidence couldn't be argued with. So I just continued to lie because I was so afraid of the consequences of telling the truth. I figured if I just kept lying, then maybe people would say, well, you know, he seems to be really committed to the story that he's telling the truth. Maybe he is telling the truth, even though we have evidence. And so just because you have evidence doesn't mean that you're going to get the truth. And so I want to help you with a methodology, a way to communicate uh, what you want, which is I want you to stop lying. I want you to admit that you've been lying and tell the truth. And then I want behavior change, right? That's the outcome that we're expecting when we're confronting someone who's been lying to us. There's never guarantees with human behavior. People are unpredictable but my experience as a therapist says this is really the best approach. Now, as a side note, and you're going you're gonna to find out I do a lot of side notes. We'll, we'll be doing side notes left and right in every episode because that's just the way my brain works. This is easiest to be done when you're confronting the person for the very first time. With every subsequent attempt at confronting a person's lies, especially if they've denied the first time or if they've sort of gotten around whatever evidence you've brought out, uh, they're going to get more savvy and maybe their anxiety about lying is going to start to go down. So the chances of getting the full story, in my experience, begins to decrease with every supplemental attempt at getting, uh, at getting the story. So you want to try to do this right the very first time. So let's go through some steps to maximize that chance of getting the person to really tell the truth and to change their behavior. The first thing you want to do is take an educated guess at which type of lie you're dealing with. Remember earlier I talked about lying to avoid problems and lying to gain an advantage. You want to take an educated guess based on what you know about the person and uh, about the lie itself because this does make a subtle but important difference in how you're going to approach it. Now why is that? Because the motivation determines the method. That is that the reason the person started lying in the first place matters in how you approach it. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Assume for a minute that the reason for the initial lie is the first, avoiding being in trouble. Think of the personality of someone who's lying to avoid being in trouble or the motivation 
that would cause them to lie to avoid getting in trouble. It's a childlike lie on some level. It's like not wanting mom and dad to be mad at you. When you confront someone who is lying to avoid being in trouble, you want to approach it so that they can avoid further trouble by simply choosing to tell the truth. They're already in an avoidance mode, and so we don't want to try to take them out of the avoidance mode. We're just going to roll with avoidance, and we just want them to try to avoid further trouble by just telling the truth. Let's assume the second reason, which is they're lying to gain some type of advantage. They're getting something that they want by lying. And the issue is that telling the truth would actually remove the advantage. So as soon as they tell the truth, whatever advantage they were getting from lying, it's gone. So the motivation is, gosh, I got to keep lying. Otherwise, I can't have what I, what I have. So the initial reason for the lie is not avoidance. It's actually goal seeking. They're getting something from the lying. My experience with the first type, that sort of scared child approach, is actually the easiest to confront. So let's do that one first. There are really four things you're going to do in this case. The first thing you're going to do is give the person a chance to actually rethink their story. I don't have time today to explain the science behind this, but the research says that giving people time to decide whether they're going to tell the truth or to lie actually increases the likelihood that they will tell the truth. When people are only allowed a split second to make a decision, statistically, people are more likely to lie. So we don't want them to tell us whether they're telling the truth or not until later, perhaps even tomorrow. We want to give them a chance to sleep on it in a lot of cases. The second thing you're going to do, and this is related to the first, you're not going to let the person talk or rebut or respond until you're all the way done explaining what your issue is and what the need is. You're presenting what I call a healing dilemma, and they need to hear the entire thing before they respond. This is not a dialogue today. It will become a dialogue tomorrow when they decide whether they're going to stick with the lie or tell the truth. I'll talk more about healing dilemmas in future episodes. They're awesome. For now, just know you need to get all the way through your explanation before they say anything. Third thing you're going to do is explain that you do have evidence, but you're not going to share it yet. Your evidence is just your backup plan. You have evidence that they haven't been telling the truth and that you're going to make them a deal. Here's the deal. If they tell the truth, you'll work with them to salvage things. If they continue to lie, this is where you fill in your boundary. Your boundary might be, hey, I can't promise this relationship's going to survive, or hey, I might be moving to my parents' house again. Whatever it is, depending on the nature of the lie, you set your boundary up there. But if they'll tell the truth, you'll work on it. The fourth thing you're going to do with this particular type of lie, the avoidance of getting in trouble lie, is you're going to let them know that you understand that probably the reason they were lying was to protect either you or themselves or the relationship or whatever they thought they were doing. They, they were trying to protect something. Remind them that lying is not protecting anything and that you know that they just want to do the right thing. Letting them know that you understand their motivation is to do the right thing will increase the chances that they'll tell the truth. As a therapist, time and time again, I've seen this approach give people the strength to reach past their fears and tell the truth. Now let's talk about the second type of lie, the lie to get some kind of advantage. This is a little more complicated. Again, it's not the difference between a good and a bad person. It's just the type of motivation. I believe that most people lie like this because they believe they don't have any other effective way of getting what they value. 
or retaining a sense of control in their lives. Yes, certainly some people are sociopaths who aren't concerned about other human beings, but we're going to leave that for another day. Remember that this person lied to get something, but when they're confronted about the lies, they'll be tempted to lie to avoid losing what they already have. So they're still in avoidance mode when you're doing the confronting. So because of that, offering to give them something to tell the truth isn't going to work. Their mind's already in avoidance mode, and you can't take them out of that. So again, we're going to go with the avoidance. We're going to transition back into seeking, which is their initial motivation for lying, once we've made use of the avoidance. And I promise in a minute I'll give some examples. I know this can be a little bit confusing in the beginning. So we go through the steps again. First, ask them to take some time, probably as much as an entire day, to decide what they're going to do. Second, ask them not to discuss this right now and to let you go all the way through what you're trying to say before they say anything at all. We're going to get through the entire healing dilemma. Third, we're going to explain that we do have some evidence, but we're not sharing it right now. And now, here's where things shift just a little bit. First thing we want to show the other person is that lying tomorrow, when we actually have the conversation, is going to bring everything that matters to them into limbo, at risk for loss. Show them that whatever advantage they had is already gone because of what you've discovered, but things will only get worse with future lying. And you're showing them that telling the truth is avoiding further and worse damage. Then we're going to add an option to keep an advantage if they'll work with you. You want to show them that you're willing to figure out what it was they were after in the first place, what they so desperately wanted that they were willing to lie to get it. Show them that if they tell the truth, you'll work with them to find another way to get that same advantage without the destruction of the lying. Let's review a couple of examples, and I'll give you language that you might use to have this brief initial conversation with your partner. First, let's look at an example about money. Let's say your partner's been lying about money and overspending and hiding the spending. These aren't little purchases like fast food for lunch and they didn't tell you. I'm talking about significant purchases that they've been keeping a secret, whether they've been using a, an extra credit card you don't know about or you haven't been paying much attention to the bank balance because you've trusted them and they've been using that to their advantage. What do we do? Here's how I might approach it. Hey, I have something pretty important I want to talk to you about. I've discovered that you've been spending some money on some pretty significant purchases, money that we share. And obviously, as you can imagine, I've got some major concerns. Now, before you say anything, please let me share a couple things with you. First of all, I don't actually want you to respond right now. I've been thinking about this for a couple days. You haven't had an opportunity to think about it at all yet. So I'd like you to take a day and think about how you'd like to respond. My expectation and hope is that you're going to simply come out and tell me the truth. Now, if you'll just carefully listen to me for a minute, here's what's going on. When we talk about this, and I'd like to give us both an opportunity to sleep on it, when we talk about it tomorrow, if you'll just tell me the truth, I promise you things will be better. Here's the deal. Everything right now, my ability to trust you, my ability to really move forward in the relationship with you right now is in limbo because, in my opinion, you've taken something really significant, that is, the ability to trust you with finances, and you've kind of thrown it out the window. This is not going to continue. I now know what's going on, and things are definitely going to change from here on out, but I promise you that if you lie, things are going to get 
infinitely worse. However, I understand that there must be a good reason behind this because I know you're a good person. You must have just not thought things through very carefully. If you'll tell me the truth, I'll sit down with you and we'll see what's going on, why it is that you decided to lie, what it was so important to you that you didn't feel like you could ask me or discuss it with me, and I'll try to help you figure out how to still get things that are important to you, but without the damage of lying to me and breaking my trust. Let's look at a second example. Again, very similar approach. I just want to make sure you've got a little bit of practice under your belt. Let's say you've discovered that your partner has been having an inappropriate relationship of some sorts with a coworker. Maybe what you know about now is that they've had some inappropriate conversations via text or email or some other form of communication. We'll assume in this case that it hasn't escalated to full-blown extramarital affair. You need to confront your partner about it, but you don't want them to lie to you. How might you say it? I would probably say something like this. Hey, I've got a major concern I need to talk to you about, but I actually want to talk about it tomorrow when we both had an opportunity to sleep and get some rest and emotionally prepare because I think this conversation is going to be kind of a big deal. I have evidence that you've been having an inappropriate dialogue with a co-worker. Now please, hold on, let me finish before you say anything. I need to know that I can trust you. Right now, I'm not really certain about anything about that. The fact that you've hidden this from me and done it behind my back says that my ability to trust you is up in the air. I'm willing to continue to trust you if I can see you quickly turn this around and tell me the truth tomorrow when we sit down and talk. My expectation is that you'll sit immediately down with me and you will lay out everything that's happened with no excuses, explanations, just simply tell me what's been going on. And if I can't trust you to tell me the truth when I have evidence, then I don't know how I can trust you again. I can't really think of a good reason that you would engage in this type of dialogue with a coworker, but I know you're a good person and I care about you I'm willing to try to work things out with you. Give yourself an opportunity to think about it tonight. Write some things down, and let's talk about this tomorrow. It's important to note here that most likely your partner is going to want to respond to you in this moment. It's not that you're going to say, no, I refuse to talk to you the rest of the day, but let them know that you're really not ready to have this conversation. They're either going to want to unload everything right there and then, or they're going to want to go into their explanation of why you can't possibly be right. But please make sure they hold off. Giving them a chance to think carefully through things will increase the likelihood that you will get the truth when you have this conversation tomorrow with them. I got to tell you that this is by far the best methodology I've come across to maximize the chances that your partner is going to tell you the truth when you've discovered that they've been lying. As a therapist, I use this all the time, and I've seen some pretty amazing results with it. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.